this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves, he's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reach my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. To the show, everybody. You are listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel, and thank you very much for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the connection section, and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. Now, this week's Art Bell iTunes five star rating and review is Looking for the Truth, Joe Decker 1313, Heather's favorite app, Addicting Butts, Molly Rinkwald, and KOCB. And KOCB, thank you very much for that comment that you made on iTunes. And yes, please reach out to me with your stories. Don't be shy. So those are the Art Bell iTunes five-star rating and reviews. Every week we do them. So if you want to get a shout-out on next week's show, go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review and you'll get a shout-out on the following week's show. So moving on here to the Patreon shout-outs, if you go to patreon.com forward slash the confessionals, you'll see there's tons of different rewards to sign up to help support the show on a monthly basis. And this week's shout-outs is Dana G, Mel B, Michelle E, Jacobson L, Robson, Carlo M, Michael J, upgraded to the groupies, Jesus P, upgraded to the groupies, and Chuck T upgraded to the groupies. Thanks, everybody, for signing up to be a patron and also upgrading your memberships. It really means a lot to me. So if you want to become a patron and get a shout-out on next week's show and get all the goodies that come with being a patron, go to patreon.com forward slash the confessionals, and there you will be able to see all the great things that come with being a patron. So this week's show, we have Eric coming on, and Eric actually has lots of experience to talk about. Uh, he is an investigator of anything weird and unusual when it comes to Dogman, Bigfoot, UFOs. He sent me videos of, of lightning coming out of the sky all crazy and everything. I mean, the guy really has just a lot of different stories, a lot of different experiences. And we just kind of tapped into it a little bit tonight. So without any further delay, let's get Eric on the show right after this.
Okay, tonight we have a great guest coming on, Eric, and Eric is actually a patron of the show, and him and I met each other back, uh, Eric, when was it, October? Uh, yeah, October of 17. Yeah, we. I went to that Bigfoot conference in New York at Chautauqua Lake Bigfoot Expo, and I was speaking there, and uh, you and I, you know, talked out on the balcony afterwards, and, you know, we had a great conversation, and then I remember they were asking people to share their Bigfoot experiences, and you got up, and you actually went up front, and you started talking to people, and I kind of got preoccupied because I was doing other things and working some tables and stuff like that, and I remember, like, time i mean legit time went by and you were still going i was like this dude would be really good to have on my show and so uh we've been working on this one for a while you know like you cancel i cancel because of weather and things like that uh but we're, we're finally able to do this and I'm, I'm really glad we can uh because you got a lot of uh cryptid sightings and and experiences you're an active uh in, do you call yourself an investigator or a researcher uh I've heard it called as like a glorified camper, uh, even though I'm not like spending, like not, I'm not doing overnights, not yet, but I would say I'm a little of both an investigator or researcher. If I hear of something going on, I think the investigators get a story from somebody and then they look into it. And then I think a researcher actually takes initiative and goes, well, these are my definitions. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, then so be it. But I mean, I'm not like I'm accredited or not like you could be accredited in the cryptozoology. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But it's just it's I'm curious about it. I'm fascinated by it. It's one of those things where once I realized what was happening and what was going on around me, it's just it, it's it's crazy. It's like I tell people um, it's like you're holding open a book of mythological creatures and whatever page you're on, uh, say it's a. Uh, Say it's a minotaur or a centaur, just whoop, jumps off the page and lands right in front of you. And you're like, oh, hi. You know, like, it, it's, <laughs> it's, and it's so funny because in all the Facebook groups that I'm on with these, um, you know, people who tell their stories and stuff like that and their experiences. And like Dave Grove says, you know, he's a knower. I, I, you know, I'm a knower. I'm a believer. I was a believer, but now I'm a knower. I know they exist. And the evidence is just, is rampant in this area. And I live in the Western New York area. I'm 20 minutes east of Niagara Falls and about 20 minutes north of Buffalo. So it's kind of like a little triangle. But as you go outside of the cities, we get pretty, it's pretty green, pretty wooded. You know, a Absolutely. lot of uh, orchards, um, crazy stuff. And it's like, I'm getting stories from people. I'm hearing stuff from other people. And it's just, it's just, it, it's like, it's like playing Tetris. These blocks are just falling into place and I'm just out looking for them. Yeah. And that's the thing that I, I like about you, man, because you're very active. I mean, this is something that interests you and you take it serious and you, you follow through on reports and you go out there, you're out boots on the ground, uh, kind of like how I was before I started the show. I mean, I've said it before. I don't have the time like I used to, to go out in the woods and stuff because, you know, the show takes a lot of my time up and stuff, all my free time that I actually do have. Uh, so like seeing what you're doing and stuff really reminds me of what I was doing before the show start started. And uh, I'm actually looking forward to trying to get back out in the woods this year. I'm going to try to start um, getting out there early Saturday mornings uh, before the baby wakes up kind of thing. But we'll see how that goes. Anyways, we're here to talk to you about some of your experiences. So, uh, you know, how'd this all start for you? Let's just take it back to the beginning. You know, like, 
how did you get interested in the topic? When did you realize the topic was actually around you geographically? And, uh, you know, just walk us into some of the experiences that you've had since then. Well, um, my story, actually, I, my very first podcast I ever talked to, it was uh, to Wes Germer on Sasquatch Chronicles, you know, your buddy there. And it's so funny when I was reading the notes afterwards, I, you know, it was my first time ever on a podcast. I was nervous. And of course, being a New Yorker, you know, we could talk 500 words a second. So (laughs) (laughs) everybody was like, what coffee is he on? I want that stuff. So, um, what had happened was I had an experience when I was a kid, but I never really put two and two together. My cousin and I, um, they live my this is my on my father's side he is uh a, a, an older sister he has two older sisters so it's the middle sister the second one and they have uh this beautiful house down in it's basically set in the woods um it's in the ski uh the ski zone or ski area the snow belt as we call it cuz that's the area that just gets pounded with snow uh, coming right off the lake effect stuff coming right off lake erie so they're up on a hill and I would always go up there. My cousin was, he's three years younger than me. So I was either nine or 10. And so that means he was six or seven. And we went down, <clears throat> excuse me. We went down uh, behind their house in the woods. Uh, there's a creek that runs through there. So we went down there and I kind of did what we used to call in the military when I was in Korea, the kimchi squat. You know, you see all the, the Koreans, they kind of like sit their butts on their heels, you know, and they kind of like wrap their arms around their knees, stuff like that. I can't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, <laughs> I got too much catcher equipment in front of me. So, um, <laughs> but <laughs> it's fun way of putting it. I carry my winter weight year round. So, um, as a kid, I'm reaching into the Creek. Now we would find salamanders, toads, frogs. Um, and we were looking for crayfish to stay in the water, you know, minnows, tadpoles, stuff like that. So I'm trying to move this one rock and I'm moving it real slow. So the, the water doesn't get all cloudy. And as I'm bringing it over, my focus is on the Creek. All of a sudden my cousin, Joshua, he stand up over my left shoulder. I hear him go, oh, what's that? And I looked up at him. And then when I looked where he was looking, uh, I see something moving behind a tree. Now that tree is still there. Obviously that Creek is still there. I have since gone back and I've measured it. That tree where we were was roughly, oh, I think I came up with like um, 25 yards from where we were. So that was um, that was interesting <laughs> to be there that close. And what happened was I saw it moving behind the tree, and I saw it lean back out. And my cousin took off running, and then if he goes, I go. Pachoom, I was right behind him. And my aunt's house, I would say we probably had to run a total of no more than a hundred feet, maybe 30 yards. So between 30, 35 yards, we had to run back to, you know, the back of the house and boom, we came busting in and in my aunt's house, uh, the floors, you know, uh, you, we had to go running up the, uh, the spiral staircase. So we come in, we're yelling and screaming. So the, the kitchen's actually on the second floor. The first floor, when you come in, it's kind of like a, like a sitting room parlor. You know, they got a big TV and couches down there, whatever you want to call it. So we came in there. We had to go up the stairs because uh, we were, like, yelling for, you know, he's yelling, Mom. I'm yelling at Marilyn. And she's like, I'm upstairs, boys, making lunch. So 
as we ran up there and we're like, you know, a 10 year old and a seven year old all hyped up for seeing, we just saw something in the woods, this, yet the other, blah, blah, blah. So we're, we're really into it. You know, we're excited and uh, probably anxious too at the time and maybe a little scared, whatever. And so she's like, all right, calm down, calm down. What happened? I go, uh, we saw something really huge out there by a tree. And then my cousin Joshua goes, he goes, yeah, mom. He goes, this thing was bigger than uncle Mike, my father, who still stands six foot five to this day. I mean, he's, they still call him Mike the giant in the old neighborhood where he grew up in North Buffalo. So my dad is very tall. I'm at six foot. I'm shorter than him. But, um, at the time, you know, when you're a kid, you're what, maybe three, three and a half feet tall. So yeah, my dad looks giant to us. And this thing towered over my father. And the thing of it is my aunt, and there's another story where I think they know that these things are out there because my, as I call it, my aunt detoured our memory. She kind of like suggestively said, did you guys see, or did you boys see a, a big deer out there? And I remember looking at my cousin, Joshua, and he looked at me and I looked back at my aunt and I looked at Joshua again and he did the same. And I remember putting my, my arms up kind of like, um, kind of like rounded. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, did it have a, a big antler? Did it have the antlers like this? And, and Josh was like, I don't know. And we're kind of like trying to figure it out. And my aunt, you know, really throws a curveball at us and goes, well, it's almost lunchtime. Anyways, go wash your hands and then, you know, go play video games. So of course, you know, snap of the fingers. Oh boy. Video games. You know, we just completely forgot about whatever was in the woods, ran into the bathroom, right. wash your hands and off to play video games. So that was the first time I saw something in the woods. Well, now let me ask you real quick before you go any further. Uh, the, when you saw this thing and it went, you said it went behind a tree and uh, it peeked back out. Uh, what was the body language like when it did that? Did it like, first of all, I'm assuming it didn't fit completely behind a tree. Uh, but you can correct me if I'm wrong on that. But like when it peeked out, was it like leaning to its side or was it something like it was, um, its side was like kind of like parallel with the tree and you guys, and it kind of leaned backwards to look at you. From, from what I can remember, I, I remember the, it's so funny. Cause I kind of remember it, it almost reminds me of like Chewbacca from empire strikes back when his head pops up over the snow dune. And they're right. trying to get that uh, Imperial probe droid and he distracts it. And then, you know, Han Solo blasts it. Yes. I'm a star Wars nerd. Can't help it. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I remember seeing is I remember seeing it, uh, a shoulder and head going like behind the tree. So I think it actually like, because with these things as being as wide as there, I want to say it was, it was maybe like it's shoulder was perpendicular to us. And then when it went to lean out, it had to turn its whole upper body and then lean out. And that, so the head could come out too and look at us because when it came back out the second time, I remember it being brown and shaggy, long hair. Uh, it was like, it was over its, its face. So I never really got a good look at the face, but I remember that shoulder coming out and the head coming out with it. So I think it was, it was like, like maybe, um, how could I put it? Like, you, you, like if you're gonna, before you peek around a corner, you know, you kind of like line up on that wall, but you're actually against the wall or this might be like 90 degrees to the wall. So it was like 90 degrees to us, but it had to turn another 90 to look at us. 
That's how I okay. think I uh, this this thing came out. So it could be because as, as big as these things are, for it to just lean out and then try and like hide its face behind the tree, his sh- this thing's shoulders are still going to be uh, seen or be seen, I should say. Mm-hmm. So I think it was it was it was its shoulder was perpendicular to us, but it had to turn and come out that 90 degree turn to look at us to see what we were doing. And that's when we said, see ya. And then we went back to the house. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting that you said it looked like Chewbacca because, uh, I, there's a government, I don't know if he, I can call him a government in, let's just call him an insider. Uh, he knows stuff. He's actually, uh, done a lot of work. Uh, that's, you know, no talking kind of thing. Like you don't talk about it. And I'm trying to get him right. on the show, but one of the things that I heard him say was that because he worked on a lot of um, extraterrestrial um, biology, let's just put it that way, because he didn't always operate on uh, full body entities, but Correct. like sometimes he would be okay. be summoned to, you know, they'd have like just a an inch wide piece of flesh and he was supposed to take just a little piece huh. off of that. And that's just his, that was his job. He had to take, take a tissue sample off of this tissue sample off of that. He's worked on over 3000 specimens and, uh, wow. he, he's worked on, you know, full body ETs and he has worked on just, you know, little pieces of flesh. And so, but I say all that because he said that one of the most accurate depictions of an extraterrestrial in Hollywood is Chewbacca. And mm, isn't that interesting? interesting? Yeah. So, I mean, cause you hear people say that, you know, they, they've seen Bigfoot come out of UFOs or they, or when right. they see a Bigfoot, uh, there's always a UFO sighting around that time and around that area. And so there, you know, people, and I highly yeah, like encourage you. people to, you know, explore the parallels of these different subjects, you know, because there are a lot of parallels and I just found it right. interesting that you said that he said that, and it's just like, we're talking Bigfoot tonight, but he was talking extraterrestrial. It makes you wonder, you know, like what's really going on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's like I said, with, with me and, you know, I consider myself a triple crown winner of, of paranormal experiences where UFO sightings, uh, I've had two of them. Um, the, the, the ghosts are, Angels and demons, whatever you want to call them, I've had that stuff happen too. Uh, and then, of course, you know the cryptids. So, like I said, all three corners of that that pyramid. And of course, there's always those gray areas in between. Like, you know, are they extraterrestrial or are they extra dimensional? Are they interdimensional? Like um, L.A. Marzulli always says. And it's just, I'm always like a a willing participant, like to learn. I I, I listen to so many different shows, so many different podcasts. And it just, I just sit there like a sponge and soak it all in. But like when I was at the uh, Chautauqua Lake uh, Bigfoot Expo down there, um, it's like I said, I ha- I listened to all these shows and then I in turn incorporate it to where like when I was in the military, we would have all these like all these training uh, sessions, you know, you sergeant's time training, you train for this, train for that, do this, do that, blah, 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 you know, react to direct fire, indirect fire, IEDs, vehicle-borne IEDs, and just all this different training that you take, and then you just absorb it and then apply it, absorb it and then apply it. So when I hear all these stories and the, on all these shows, it's like, well, this guy experienced this, so look for this. Like, uh, prime example, you go in the woods, when the woods go quiet, my ears are perked. My spidey senses, you know, are, are like, I'm putting the, the feelers out to like, okay, what is going on that everything just shut down? No birds, no crows, 
no nothing. Everything just shut up. What is coming into the area? So, you know, that process right there, and like I said, as I've listened over the past oh four years now, um, from when I had my um second encounter, if you want to call it that, um with uh, my kids at my, again, same house at my aunt's house down there in Glenwood, New York, across from Kissing Bridge uh, Ski Resort. Um, that's when it really kicked into high gear, and then I was off and running, and I was looking into everything. Hmm. And then I, of course, found uh, Sasquatch Chronicles. I started listening to that, and then from there, it just branched off to like Bear and Kumbo and um, – Oh dear God, everybody, uh, Vic Cundiff, uh, Brent and son, and then you came along. I started listening to you and then there's, um, Lance's show, Lance Hightower show, the cryptid brothers. And it's just, yeah. then of course it incorporates, you know, Bigfoot dog, man, the rake, and then this and that, and just everything just started coming in. I'm just like, Holy cow. I'm like, this is crazy, but I have always kept an open mind about it. And I'm just like, all right, well, let's see what these people have to say. And again, you learn from it. You pull the parts out that you can you know, that you've experienced and then stuff you might experience. So you kind of like log that away is like, well, if this happens, maybe this will happen. And if it does like, okay, I remember, you know, what to do, how to react, stuff like that. Right. Uh, so how old are you when you first experienced what you saw? Uh, nine, 10 years old. Okay. Um, that, yeah. 81, 82 around there. All right. So that happens to you when you were a kid and mm -hmm. you go, I guess you just move on in life and you, and you never really thought about it until you were an adult. Is that right? Pretty much. The funny part is it's like, I never really put two and two together until I, like just about maybe a year ago, I was thinking about this. Like I would take out the books, like, you know, like you said, you know, you would find the book in the library about the Bigfoot or the Loch Ness monster or, or UFOs or ghosts. And like, I would, pick one out every now and then and, and I'd read through it, but any kind of TV show that came on, I remember one time there's something about the abominable snowman. I watched it. I saw the, the Patterson Gillen film. I watched it. Um, and of course, you know, through the years and of course finding Bigfoot and then uh, monster quest and then all these shows come on. I'm just like every chance I get, thank God for DVR, you know, I would watch it and YouTube, I watch it and I watch all these videos. And again, it's just, a, it's that learning process. It's that learning process. Where are these things? Where are they being seen? How big are they? What do they do? What are their characteristics? What are their traits? Um, you know, the whistles, the knocks, the, um, the roars, the grunts, the babbling language. And it's just, it goes on and on and on. And it's just, it's crazy. It's just the stuff that happens. And then you don't realize it until someone else can confirm it for you. And they say, oh no, this was this. And you're like, holy crap. I was that close to one, you know, stuff like that. So, and, um, another thing that happened to me when I was a kid at my aunt's house, uh, after that, uh, situation, I would come out every now and then every couple months. And like I said, the place is wooded. We would have fun. We'd go outside, we'd play. Oh, I don't know. We'd pick up sticks that look like a gun, a rifle, you know, God knows today, poor kids go to jail for it, but you know, we would go out there and just <laughs> play war or soldier army, or we pretend like we would grab the garbage can lids, the big round lids, and those were shields. And we'd have a stick that looked like a sword and we would attack trees and probably doing wood knocks unbeknownst to us. But, um, every now and then I heard a couple shows on the infrasound 
And I would, whenever I was at my aunt's house, I would come in Friday night, everything was fine and dandy, spend all day uh, Saturday playing. And then Saturday night, it was always on Saturday night, all of a sudden I, I would get this debilitating headache. I would feel nauseous. My stomach would hurt. I couldn't, uh, I would take uh, baby aspirin. I would take regular aspirin. Nothing would get rid of this headache to the point to where my father would have to drive the, about 35 minutes, 40 minutes from North Buffalo to come get me down there. Or my uncle or my aunt would take me back into North Buffalo to drop me off at home. And then I, I would need, again, like they say, you need a full sleep cycle. And then I would wake up Sunday and I'm fine. Never put two and two together. I thought maybe I was allergic to the the cedar wood that the house is built out of. Because it always had a root when it was first built in 77. Um, the, the house just had this really strong cedar smell. It smells great. Don't get me wrong. I love that smell. But I always thought, oh, maybe I was allergic to that. That's why I always got sick. But then I started hearing about the infrasound. And I'm like, well, maybe that's what it was. So... Who knows? I'm kind of starting to lean more towards the infrasound because my aunt's house still has that um, that cedar smell, and I have gone back since you know since I've been an adult, and I've been fine. So I'm starting to maybe look at more. I was getting zapped, as they call it, so to speak. You know, with the infrasound. Yeah, you know, the infrasound thing is a, a very interesting topic to look at when it comes to this stuff because uh, there is evidence of other mammals having infrasound and uh so it's not so far-fetched anymore when you see it actually throughout the animal kingdom and uh you know not to mention if these things are some type of paranormal being uh but even if they're just a natural animal type being uh infrasound is used by tigers as a weapon so uh it's something that you know is very plausible uh i have a friend that uh, experienced it firsthand. At least he believes he did, and I, I tend to do to believe the same thing because he was being brought into an area that he's never been to before. Uh, he got, for lack of a better term, zapped. It pretty much brought him to his knees, and uh, he, the guys that he was he was with, were kind of chuckling about it. And he's like, "What are you laughing about?" And they're like, "This happens to everybody that we bring into the area for the first time." And uh, it's just, it's a very interesting thing. And that was in uh, Northwest PA. And in Northwest PA, it's a very interesting area because of the Allegheny National Forest. Uh, I mentioned that in my talk uh, last weekend at the uh, Cannonsburg Library, because uh, supposedly there is a dumb, uh, or I should say, um, a deep underground military base. That is, you know, the, uh, it stands for DUMB, D-U-M-B. Yep, but, yep. Supposedly, there's a deep underground military base somewhere in the Allegheny National Forest. And if that's true, and these things are in the Allegheny National Forest, it really makes me wonder if the two are connected in one way or another. Um, but, you know, if, if if they are connected, then is there some type of paranormal slash science ability that these things have that were given to them by the military? These are just questions that you have, you know what I mean? You have right. to explore. Yep. Yeah, they definitely are. Well, it's funny you should bring up the the dumbs because uh, last summer we went to uh, Fort Carson, Colorado for a family reunion. I know this is a little bit off the Bigfoot topic, but I have a cousin. It's actually my mom's first cousin. Her brother-in-law, her husband's brother, he has pictures of himself in those tunnels under the United States. 
Really? I, I haven't, I haven't seen them, but my, my cousin, Cindy, you know, um, I don't want to say this guy's name is John. I, who knows? I'm, I'm probably wrong, but, um, she, and her husband's like, Oh yeah. He goes, my brother, you know, he, you know, but you, he goes, you ever hear about all those tunnels under the United States? I'm like, Oh yeah. I hear about, them. Oh yeah. My brother, you know, he helped, uh, haul the stone out and this, that, the other, and he goes, he's standing in one picture and it's about, you know, 20 stories high the, of the, the ceiling on this thing. He looks like about, he like does his finger, like about a half inch high, his, uh, forefinger and thumb. He's like, you know, he's like, Oh, he looks about that big in the picture. I'm like, I'm like, you're pulling my leg. He goes, no, no, I'm serious. I'm like, really? And of course, because we were out there in Fort Carson, Colorado, and you could where we were, you could see um, it's uh, whatever that mountain is right there by um, Fort Carson, or we were in Colorado Springs, I should say, or south of it. But you could see that that uh, it's got all the antennas on top of the hill, and I'm just like, that's crazy. And then I was doing like a, a Google map thing, and I was, I found this one airbase and this one airfield. There's a road called Enoch Road or Enoch Drive or something like that. I'm like, huh, interesting. <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm like, oh, come on, really? I'm just like, wow. And it's just, again, it brings up that investigative side to me to where I'm like, okay, so what's this supposed to mean? So it's just, it's, yeah, dude, it's, it's crazy, Tony. It, it's just, it's not. This is Bill Lancaster with Bill Co. Productions, and you're listening to the Confessionals Podcast with Tony. I mean, and we're going to get back to your Bigfoot stuff here in a second, but I do want to say, because you just brought up the Enoch thing, and it just reminded me, uh, I, I think that they, you got to look at words that they use and phrases, and you have to try to decipher what they're, what they're saying within the words. And I, I use this example uh, with people a lot, and I'm not sure if I've ever said it on the show, so this might be the first time or the 10th time. I don't remember. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm going to try to remember how to break this down, so excuse me if I stutter over my words. But I was told by somebody who uh, is retired CIA that still has connections within the CIA uh, that there are active living giants in the Middle East and that our military has killed up to 26 of these things. And back, I think it was last year, I I know it was Donald Trump when he was in office, we dropped the Moab bomb in Afghanistan, M-O-A-B. And when we dropped that Moab bomb, they said that we were taking out an ISIS cell, Uh, and which was true, he said, We, we did. But he said there was also... Uh, active giants in that area that they really couldn't uh, contain and they bombed them. And that was also a reason why they used the Moab bomb uh, over there because these giants were, um, 
let's just say unruly. Like they couldn't send their soldiers in to take care of it because we all know the cannon, uh, the, yeah, the Cannonsburg, <laughs> uh, the Kandahar <laughs> giant story where yep. this thing took out a whole crew of guys and they sent a second crew in. They lost a the guy before they shot its face off. Uh, so they dropped the Moab bomb over in Afghanistan, takes out ISIS, but also supposedly takes out this group of giants. And what's interesting is that the, the bomb is called Moab Bomb. And they said it stands for Mother of All Bombs. Uh, but what's interesting about that is when you look in the Bible, and I believe it's in Deuteronomy, but don't don't get me on that. I, I just remember I was, in fact, I'm pretty sure it was Deuteronomy. Either way, I remember I was reading my Bible the one morning and I came across this story and I'm going to paraphrase it. And it just jumped off the page of me. I was like, holy crap. Like I, it, it literally threw me back in my chair. I had to text my dad and a couple other people what I found because uh, it's talking about how God was telling the Israelites to, you know, go into these certain areas and wipe out the, the people who were in that area. And, you know, that's something right. that's really fascinating to me because I'm under, I, I really do believe, and, and I'm, I'm slowly gaining uh, knowledge and gathering evidence to support my uh, idea here, but I really strongly believe that a lot of the groups that God was having Israel wipe out, uh, it either were Nephilim or had Nephilim within those groups. And so, um, yeah, and we I all, agree 100%. Yep. We all know, you know, the Nephilim in the Bible, we did several shows on it. Uh, they, they were unnatural beings and they weren't of God. Uh, but what's interesting is that, how do I say this? This area had uh, several different tribes, I guess, of uh, giants, uh, the Raphaites, the Emums, and uh, there was also the Moabites. And God instructed yep. the Israelites to leave the Moabites alone because the Moabites did what the Israelites wouldn't do. They took it. They took out one of the tribes of these Nephilim giants. And I find it very interesting that we named a bomb, the Moab bomb, which bombed in Afghanistan, took out a group of giants. And in the Bible, the Moabites did the same exact thing. I find that very, very interesting. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's quite interesting. Um, I'm, I'm along that same um, upbringing as you, you know, we're, you know, we're Pentecostal and you know, a lot of my people ask, well, what's Pentecostal? There's a lot of Catholics and the Western New York area. I'm like, well, we're kind of like Baptist on steroids. You know, we're the ones that turn around and jump up and down. And, you know, we're, we're doing like a, a tumbling scene for, you know, for a gymnastics uh, uh, gold medal. But um, yeah, I've grown up in the church and it's so funny because it's like, I never really heard of this stuff up until just like the last couple of years. And it's like, it's really opened my eyes. And I'm just like, oh, wow. And it just, and then like you said, you can go back to the Bible, you go back to the prophetic books and it's just, Holy cow. Yeah. And that's what me personally, now my personal opinion, I know there's all the camps, you know, one says it's just an animal. One says, you know, they're, they're space aliens. One says they're, they're in between. I kind of like sit in the middle of all those camps and I listen to everything that everybody has to offer. And cause like I said, again, it's to the point to where people have their experiences and some of it is, you know, supernatural paranormal. It's, it's not normal. It's above the normal. So it's just, it's crazy. And, you know, what I've experienced, uh, wood knocks, I've experienced, um, uh, I guess you can call it a whoop noise. It's not really a whoop noise. It was a woo noise. And it sounded like Ric Flair at five in the morning. Um, wow. 
I've heard mumbling up in Ohio when I went on a camping trip. Um, I heard the most pathetic dog imitation barking in the same same spot in Ohio. It's just it's it's crazy. It's just it's absolutely nutty the stuff I've heard. Uh, I I saw something. Um, I could probably go back to my the history of my phone when we talked uh, two months ago, roughly, and we talked on a Tuesday. I have a friend that comes out. And we'll kind of like go research stuff together. My friend Janine and I got a story. Now I guess this is more my um, researcher part of me. I got a story of one of my coworkers telling me. Uh, she was traveling westbound on Route 31, coming out of Medina, coming into Lockport. That's where I live. And there was a car coming out of Lockport heading towards Medina. Well, on Route 31, on the south side of it, which is nice about 31, it runs east and west. And on the south side of it, there's this place called Drum Oil. It's kind of like where, uh, I guess, if you have uh, the oil burners and stuff like that, that's my in- impression. Uh, I know they have gas pumps there or something like that. So um, as she was coming in at uh, like quarter to six in the morning, still dark out. So this was like back in January. So it's definitely dark at that time of, time of morning. She had something come from the north out of the, the wooded patch ran right in front of her. Uh, she drives a little um, Honda CRV or a Toyota RAV4, but whatever it was, she said the back of this thing was parallel to the hood of her little SUV. It was on all fours. It was black and just shot right across the road. Well, she slowed down because she didn't want to hit it, and the, the guy that was coming from the other direction, he actually stopped, pulled over on the, on the shoulder, got out and looked at where this thing ran. And this thing ran on the, it would be on the east side of the fence, for that drum oil propane. And as you go back further, it actually goes up into a hill and into a wooded area. She's like, I don't know what I saw, but it was big. It was black. It was on all fours and it was fast. And with that, probably a month prior to her telling me that story, I met my sister-in-law's cousin through a bunch of mutual friends. And she said the same thing further on down the road, west of that location, on Chestnut Ridge is what Route 31 is. It, it, well, Chestnut Ridge actually breaks off to Route 77. I think it turns into Rochester Road or something like that, going towards Rochester on 31. So further back into Lockport, um, on Day Road between, uh, that would be High Street and Chestnut Ridge, um, there's a wooded patch closer to the Chestnut Ridge side um, my sister-in-law's cousin, she was riding with her boyfriend. He was talking and she was kind of doing something on her phone. And then all of a sudden she realized he stopped mid sentence and started slowing the car down. And she looked over at him and then looked back out in front of her. And they saw this, what she told me was she saw this big eight foot to nine foot tall, black gorilla looking thing go from their right to the left. So it would be traveling from the east to the west. Crossed over the road, three steps, one, two, three, and gone. She said the the first step was in, on the um, on the ditch side of the woods. Second step almost made it to the middle. Third step went over the um, to the other side of the ditch. So it kind of like it's kind of like a bounding motion. She said it was like it was jumping almost. 
She goes, but it wasn't, she said it took no effort to cross the road. And then once it got that third step, the fourth one, again, back into the woods and gone. And then back to that time that I was talking to you when we were driving around, because we went and looked at that drum oil and propane. And I there's possible tree structures. I'm not saying everything is a tree structure, but there's distinct trees, just, I call them interlocking, how they, one goes over this one, but it's underneath that one. Then another one comes across and interlocks. And so I took a bunch of pictures of that. And my friend Janine, she goes, hey, what was that? I'm like, what are you talking about? What, where? She goes, I just saw something move back there. I'm like, oh, really? So that kind of like perked the ears up. And I started looking, couldn't see nothing. She goes, oh, maybe it was a deer. I'm like, uh, well, let's hope it was. So we took a few more pictures. We took off. We, we went further up into the country. So as we were coming back down through, um, I could have gone over Day Road, which gone back up that direction. But I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to go to the other, I'm going to go to the uh, east a little bit here, and then we'll take that road up just to see if there's anything over there. So as we came up, we had to cross over these railroad tracks. We looked to our right, nothing. Looked to the left. Now, mind you, it's uh, probably 4 o'clock, 4.30, around that time frame, because we didn't, we, we didn't have dinner yet. So I want to say it was between 4.30 and 5 o'clock, down the railroad tracks, which are covered in snow, uh, and these railroad tracks aren't used much, but as the railroad tracks go down, there's this lone black figure, all black, but it was it was a good distance. So I cannot distinctly say that, yes, this was a Bigfoot Sasquatch-type creature. However, where this thing was standing on the railroad track, uh, right if, from what I could tell, just judging by the distance equal on both sides, this thing was standing right in the middle of it. It took one step off and it was into the, the brush and gone. Now, of course, everyone's gonna be like, well, why did you drive down there and go check? And I'm like, one, I had nowhere to park my vehicle, unfortunately. Uh, there was enough room to drive through on the side of it, but it was all snow. So I didn't want to take the chance of driving down there, get my truck hung up on something and then, you know, you got to explain to law enforcement, you know, why aren't you on the road? You know, why are you driving next to the railroad tracks? And then I think this one was actually down past the next, um, where the road actually turns back up onto um, Route 31. And I think it was actually past it because, I mean, it, it looked like it was a good distance. And, of course, what did I not do? I did not pull the cell phone out. I did not turn on the video camera and record it. I'm like, Oh man, mistake, mistake, mistake. I'm like, <laughs> I did it again. I'm like, damn it. But, um, it definitely, uh, I saw it. My friend Janine saw it and she's like, what was that? And it's like, it was one of those things where it's like, I wanted to go down there, but I had no firearm on me. Cause I do go into the woods armed. And just like I said, down at Chautauqua Lake, I go in, I, I use it as my Geico, as I call it, get everybody inside completely out. It's for me to go in. I'm not look. I'm not. A, I'm not. Oh, I'm not looking to kill one. But like your guy in, in uh, the southeast Ohio, there, if it shows aggression, then you know what? My life is more important. If I have to, I will fire. But it's not my first thought. It's just so I can back out. Kind of like an, like I said, it's my insurance policy when going out and looking for these things. And then that's the other thing too. There's homes and houses and businesses kind of it, it's it's rural but they're still out there and you have to be at least 500 yards from them 
in order to discharge any firearms. So I don't feel like going to jail for that. And so that was another reason I'm like, I wanted to go down there. I'm like, that would have been perfect. There was snow on the ground. I definitely would have found a track, but I'm like, it's getting dark. It's getting dark quick. You know, it's, it's five o'clock. So the, the sun is starting to set at that time. And I'm like, son of a, I'm like, man, I'm like, oh, that wouldn't be perfect timing. And I just could not find anybody to go with me to go back down there. I'm like, we could park the truck up the road. We can walk alongside the road, hit the road tracks and go. Nobody, nobody wanted to go with me. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So I'm, I'm actually trying to uh, put together a, a team right now in this area to actually go out and research and investigate. And I got a couple guys that are willing to go. So unfortunately I'm the youngest guy in the group at 45. <laughs> so, uh, just taking it, you know, like I said, taking it a day at a time and, oh man, that was an opportunity missed. I don't know what was, and I'm, I'm still kicking myself for that. And I'm like, so I tell that story, I'm going to get bashed. I'm going to get roasted, but Hey, it is what it is. I'll take my lumps. So, but, um, yeah, it's, it, this is a very interesting area. Um, the, the sightings are, they're everywhere in Niagara County, Erie County, um, Chautauqua County, Cattaraugus County. I mean, boy, it just, it's crazy. It's, and what I think really jumped off, I mean, that really, like, you, you want to know what kickstarted me was, um, on episode 215 of Sasquatch Chronicles, I had the incident behind my aunt's house where we started hearing wood knocks almost, almost every five minutes. And I mean, I got on the BFRO.net after the fourth wood knock and I'm giving them a, um, I'm giving them the most detailed, uh, encounter, uh, their class B of wood knocks. You know, we didn't see nothing, but we definitely heard these wood knocks going and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I mean, I was giving uh grid azimuth, like as if I was, um, getting ready to do land navigation for the army, you know, this is coming from the north, zero zero five degrees to zero one five degrees grid azimuth. Point two is coming from the south, uh, one seven zero to one eight zero degrees grid azimuth. It's like I was ready to call in an artillery strike or something, but it just it was crazy because at the four o'clock mark and then four o five point two knocked and it was all everything was a single knock and then all of a sudden point two goes pow pow. There was two knocks. I'm like okay, and of course I logged it in my report that I was giving them. Um, and then point one knocked five minutes later, then point two knocked again, four or five minutes later, whatever it was. And then after point two knocked, there's a dog across the road from us that started barking like crazy. Like when the, um, the mailman walks up or somebody's come up to the house that they don't know. And they get that aggressive defensive bark. And, um, I put that down, you know, at, uh, 16, 16, 13 or 16, 14 hours, you know, dog across the, the, the way is barking at us. Dog's position is approximately 75 yards from where we're standing at. Uh, I think I said, I was like, um, two, one, zero to two, two, zero degrees, asthma, something like that. And then order comes out, whistles for the dog, tells him to shut up. Dog stops barking, goes inside the house. And 30 seconds after that point three knocks, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm like, I got three of them things around us. And all of a sudden I started realizing it makes like an L, the shape. I'm like, oh, we're in an L-shaped ambush. I'm like getting it. My son was 15. My daughter was 12. 
and my girlfriend at the time I had her son with me. Um, I'm two months out of uh, knee surgery from the VA hospital for an MCL reconstruction. And I'm like, get to the house, get that back of the house, get up there, get up there. And now they knew that I watched, you know, uh, finding Bigfoot and all that stuff at the time. And, you know, and they're like, this is crazy. This is nuts. I'm like, yeah, it is. But you guys are experiencing it. So I got them up on the back porch, my aunt's house. And after point three knocked about a minute later, point uh, two knocked. And then a minute after point two knocked, point one knocked. And all the sounds came back in the woods. And I'm just like, holy crap, that's crazy. Sent my report off and never heard nothing from the BFRO. So I'm like, well, you guys suck. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like I was trying to do it to, I'm not trying to get on the TV show or or to make a name for myself. It's nothing like that. I'm like, you know, I just want to say, hey, look, I had three of these things down here around us. And I'm like, that's, I mean, my eyes are probably as big as dinner plates. I'm like, holy smoke. And that's all we talked about. Um, We left my aunt's house, you know, an hour or two later and we stopped and, you know, got pizza wings, me and the kids. And that's it. Just, what do you think that was dad? Holy cow. What was that? Did you hear the knocks? And this, that, that? I'm like, yeah. And then right behind my aunt's house, about 45 feet behind her house, there's a pine tree with a branch. Um, you could tell it was twisted and snapped. I got pictures of this. Uh, I took a couple of pictures and I had my son stand underneath it for uh, the height reference. Now, my son at 15 was six feet tall. He's like six two now, I believe, at 19. But I had him stand under it so you could see the distance. And this thing was up around like 11, 8, 11, 10. And it's twisted, snapped, and that branch was nowhere near that tree. And you could tell it was a fresh break, too, because the wood was still nice and yellow and stuff like that. And you could see how it was peeled down. I'm like... Holy cow. And then I started looking into, of course, all the tree structures and tree breaks and tree snaps and some of the stuff that's out there is just, I'm sorry, trees just don't all fall and collect in the same point. And, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. just not buying it. I'm, I'm just not buying it. Or somehow they, they fall upside down where the roots are up in the tree and then, you know, all the branches point to the ground when they should be pointing up. I'm just like, nope, sorry. Somebody and I'm the type debunk it. I actually debunked one of my pictures. Um, I want to say back in uh, November of last year. I'm looking at this one tree. It just looks like something snapped it, pulled it over, and dropped it. But as the leaf litter cleared out, there's a chunk of tree. I'm like, oh, it broke. This big piece fell. This part landed in this tree, and then here's here's the missing puzzle piece right here that goes between that piece and those trees and the, and where this one broke off. I'm like, okay, well debunked, solved it. So I'll tell you what, it it definitely made for a great um, possibility of like a, a a tree type. I wouldn't say it was more a structure, but it's like it was wedged in there. And once I figured out it, I'm like, Oh, okay, well check that one off the list. And, And it's, you know, again, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not in the woods where every tree creak or snap or break or whatever. Oh my gosh, it must be Bigfoot out there. I'm like, Oh, that, that, that sounded pretty cool. I mean, I had stuff happen to me and then, you know, a week later it like hits me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, wait, was that? No, really? Oh man, I could have went and looked for it. You know, I'm like, <laughs> damn. I'm just like, you know, it's like that song thick as a brick by Jethro Tull. I guess that's my theme song. So, um, it's just, it's, 
And it's one of them things where it's like, I'm just, I'm having a good time in the moment and wow, you know, stuff yeah. happens. And it's, it's not like I have Bigfoot on the brain 24 seven, well, 22 seven maybe, but, <laughs> but it's just, <laughs> you got to sleep sometime where it's like, yeah, you know, and it's just, it's crazy. Cause it's like, um, in Cuba, New York, uh, we've gone down there with the boy scouts before. And again, this is, this is just a couple months now, Cuba, New York to where my aunt lives, uh, maybe 45 minutes to the Southeast. In fact, Allegheny national forest for my aunt's house is probably about an hour's drive. So it's not far from where, like you said, where everyone has those experiences in the woods, you know, where they get zapped and stuff. So it's, it's all in that area. It's, if you look at a map, I mean, it's as a crow flies, it's, it's right there. It's not that far. And Cuba, New York is even closer. And in Cuba, again, this is after my knee surgery. This is probably, this was May of 14. And we went down there with a bunch of the boy scouts to the, the one, uh, the scout leader's property. And it, there's a lot of hills down there. So he, uh, him and the other, uh, scout leader, they took them on a, on a, you know, he has like a tour, like a, um, kind of like a trail that he has. And he's showing them like, you know, here's acorns. I got walnut trees. I got wild apple, you know, apple trees. There, there was an orchard one time, but the apple trees are still, so he's kind of like showing them like stuff you can eat, you know, wild stuff you can eat and make and stuff like that. So, you know, they went and they all did their thing collecting. So I'm sitting back at the fire. I don't know. This is probably around like 11 o'clock in the morning. And nice and quiet. I'm just, you know, in my thoughts and I'm stoking the fire. And all of a sudden behind me, I thought it was the kids that did it. I hear this big loud crack. It's actually like that crunch, you know, like it's like, it's like something's being snapped and it's being pulled down and and then boom, it finally lets go. Well, I heard that behind me. I turn around and look, I'm like, oh, well, that was weird. Oh, whatever. I'm still stoking the fire with, you know, with a long stick. And I'm like, it never dawned on me. And I'm like, but then I started looking. I'm like, well, there's no wind. Um, it's probably the kids doing something, you know. And I never found where that tree came down. I never really went and looked for it. I really couldn't because, you know, I was in one of those full-length uh, leg braces. But, again, that's the same area where um, two years later, it was the weekend between – St. Patrick's Day and Easter, we went down there, and it was just my son and Mark, everybody else in the Boy Scout troop backed out on us, so Mark wasn't too happy. I'm like, well, let's go. Me and my son, will come out for the night, and you know, we'll, he has like a single wide trailer, which he calls his, you know, his uh, cabin. So we're in the camper and setting up our stuff, and we get down there. It's about 8 o'clock at night, and Mark looks at me. He's like, do you really want to start a fire to cook? I'm like, now nah, let's just go to that little barn grill. We'll get like hamburgers or something. It's like, all right. So we pile pile on my towel, drive down there. I don't know, five minute drive, ten minutes at most. We so we go in. Uh, me and Mark have a couple beers. My son has some pop. Or excuse me, soda for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. <laughs> and um, uh, a Sabres game was on. So we were watching hockey and, you know, we got our meal and some wings and so on and so forth. And I'm figuring, well, if I got to drive them, I had a couple Pepsis. I had, um, about three glasses of water. So I'm pretty full of fluids. So we finally get back. It's about 11 o'clock, 
eleven thirty ish around there, and we're like, all right, we're, you know, everybody, let's let's you know, rack out, let's get in our bunks, and we'll call it a night. Well, five o'clock wakes up, and I just got, I have got to go. So I had on my sweatpants. I got my big heavy, um, like winter boot type things. I I put my feet in there, and I come stomp, you know, come stomping out as quietly as possible, but. It's just boom, 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 So Mark wakes up. He's like, is everything all right? I'm like, yeah, it's got to use the bathroom. So I go outside. I go behind the shed that's kind of like uh, off the side of the off the side of the uh, thing a little ways. And, I, you know, I just go behind it. And, you know, I, I pull an Austin Powers. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I'm doing what I got to do, standing there. And I'm looking up at the sky. And it's beautiful. There's no light pollution. There's stars galore. And... All of a sudden, on the hill, directly across from me, I hear what sounds just like Ric Flair from wrestling. Like, woo! I'm like, but it was a lot longer than that. I'm like, wait, what? Uh, now I'm awake. I'm like, and then it does it a second time. And it it's like, you know, woo! I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I'm like trying to put pressure to, you know, go to the bathroom faster. And after it did it the second time, all the dogs in that valley just started going nuts. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm done. And I'm, I got my sweatpants. And I'm pulling up and I'm like, oh. I start thinking like, oh, please do not let something be standing around right there behind me. When I turn around, I said, cause I just went one natural body process and it's going to be followed by another one. <laughs> it's like, I turn around and look like, my I, I, I get back in that, um, that cabin or hit that, uh, that mobile home as fast as I could. And I really came in and I mean, I'm like, boom, 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 slamming doors. And Mark's like, what's going on? I'm like, I just heard something out there that I shouldn't have. And of course, again, where's my cell phone in my truck plugged into the uh, cigarette lighter charging overnight. I'm like, you've got to be kidding. That would have been such a great um, recording to get for sound. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm like, it's just, oh, I'm like, it's like, I feel like I got to walk around with this stuff strapped to me, you know, cameras and, and yeah. dishes, you know, just, you know, 24 seven, whatever I'm out there in the woods, but it's just, what kind of, what kind of equipment do you use? Do you use, uh, like GoPros or anything? Cause I know when I was going out often, I had different setups that I would, I would use depending on where I was going. But, uh, my favorite to use, I, I have like um, things that, you know, I could hit, put a GoPro on my shoulder or on my hat, but my favorite was to strap it to my chest. Uh, but I mean, do you use GoPro or anything like that or what? No, no, not yet. I don't have a GoPro camera. I do want to get, um, GoPros or I'll even take like, uh, knockoffs if they're halfway decent. Um, I was just talking to a guy who has a paranormal shop right down the road from here. And he was telling me that they have, um, FLIR and SEEK is the name of the other one. You can actually get thermal cameras that you plug into your cell phone. I'm like, oh, I've got to get one of those. I mean, I looked into them, and the prices actually come down a little bit. They're down about $300 for that. I'm like, that would be, I think that would be worthwhile. And he said, he goes, you can get 300 yards easily on these things. I'm like, oh, that's that's very that's very effective. And that'll just increase my you know, going out at night, stuff like that too. And there's less traffic. You don't have, um, you know, the human interference, if you want to call it that, 
Um, but like I said, when we were at Cannonsburg, it's just one of those things where I just don't want to walk across somebody's property or where do I park my truck to get to this location, you know, without, you know, having law enforcement come up and, you know, is the truck abandoned? And next, you know, I'm coming out the woods and there, there's my Tahoe getting, you know, flat batted off to you know, the <laughs> county, the county pokey. I'm like, oh, come on. So it's just, um, I usually just, I have my, uh, my S8. Uh, the Samsung S8 Plus uh, cell phone takes great pictures. It takes great video. Um, uh, there was a a Nikon camera. Um, he goes by Colorado Forest Beings, and he's always out there with uh, Colorado Bigfoot, and they're always finding those structures. It's a Nikon, I think it's D5300 or something. And he, that, that's like, that's the beautiful, the 4K and all that. And I mean, his, his video he takes on that is gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Um, I'm looking into a few digital recorders, and I was thinking of maybe uh, wearing those. Like on my, like you said, how you do the GoPros on your, your chest and your shoulder. I was thinking right. maybe um, wearing one on the arm maybe one up on, on the hat, because when I go out, I wear clothes that are as quiet as possible. Like I'll wear a fleece jacket. So you don't get that, that, that swish, swish noise. Like with the, some of the stuff, um, you know, I'll wear BDU bottoms, OCP bottoms, whatever you want to call them, you know, military cargo pants, you know, military issued boots that I still have. If I get them dirty, I get them dirty. It's no big deal. It, you know, it's for the field work. If they tear, they tear their utility pants. So, but, um, no, I want to start getting into more of the, uh, you know, get carrying the, um, a GoPro. I would love to put one on my back. Um, I would like one on the chest, um, maybe, maybe one on my head, but then again, with the way, you know, people look around so much that might, you know, cause people to go into fits with it. So I might not do the one mounted on the head, but the chest and the back, I could definitely see or you put one on your backpack, stuff like that. Fireflies, I'm getting little pieces. Feeds the dying light, and brings me back to life. In your eyes, I see something to believe in. Your hands are like a flame. Your palms are sweet as pain. Let the darkness lead us into the light. Let our dreams get lost, feel the temperature rise. Just be-
this is Forrest and Scott from Astonishing Legends. And when we're not hunting down ghosts, cryptids, and mysteries, we're listening to The Confessionals with Tony Merkel. Yeah, I would say that if you get into getting cameras and stuff hooked up to you, one of the best things that I did to save the battery was because my thing was this. I had my my GoPro and the SD card had, I think it was like 12 hours of space to hold video, but the battery would only last two hours. So what I did was I bought a battery pack that's charged by the sun and I would put that on my back. I would hook it on my backpack and then I would run the wire across my shoulder into the into the GoPro on my chest. So it was constantly Very charged. And, for, and I'm telling you, like 12, 12 hours straight, it wouldn't die. And so, I mean, that's, nice. that's definitely something to look into. Uh, taking it back here to your experiences with the wood knocks, uh, when you were out there and you, you had these wood knocks surrounding you and stuff, uh, I'm assuming you were pretty tense. Did you get a sense that uh, they were communicating with you or a communicating with each other. I think they're communicating with each other because we even took a couple of uh, two by sixes from my aunt's uh, porch, uh, the back porch, the bottom half that they built. And we were trying to knock in there with them and nothing. And like I said, I should have actually, I, I wish I still had that report. Cause every time I heard a knock, I looked, at the time on the phone and recorded it. And it was almost averaged out every five minutes, every four to six minutes, they would knock. And it was just, it was the craziest thing. I mean, it was, it was fascinating. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I wasn't shocked. I was a little nervous, a little scared, but at the same time I was in awe. I'm like, this is actually happening. I'm like, this is really going on. I'm like, this is so cool. I'm like, please don't come any closer. Stay where you are. But <laughs> this is really cool. I mean, cause I had the only thing I had on me was I, I found like a big walking stick, so to speak, you know, to kind of like lean on while I'm howling with this, with this bum left knee. And I was trying to get the kids closer to the house, get close to the house, stay close to the house. And then once I heard that third one and I realized there's three of them. And I remember going on, I forgot what Facebook group I was in, but I, I told my story and I had a guy out from Arizona say, Oh, they're hunting that dog. I'm like, come again. He goes, he goes, well, you said the weather is gray. There's snow on the ground. There's, you know, no leaves on the trees. The only color you see in the woods is the pine trees. I'm like, yeah, true. He goes, well, he goes, what's the deer situation? Like, I'm like, they're, you know, they're in the area, but you know, they weren't where we were. He goes, exactly. He goes, was there a lot of houses? I'm like, yeah, between each house and this, this development area, there's an acre of uncut, uh, woods and forest. So it's, it's beautiful. Like I said, but, uh, he goes, Oh yeah. He goes, they're probably hunting that dog for a meal. I'm like, no kidding. I'm like, and again, this is that learning process and that's where it really started to kick in. And then from there I was, I was full, full blown. I was all into it. Just every chance I get, I could, I would go to the woods or I would, you know, listen to podcasts and try and, uh, you know, just learn. And almost a year to the day from when that happened in March of 14, March of 15, when we were on that, the tail end of that so-called polar vortex up here in Western New York, I don't know if you guys got there, but it was like of 30 course. degrees below zero. All you guys did get it. Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. Well, we were at like 30 degrees below zero. I was working for AAA at the time. So car batteries were dying left and right. So I was installing batteries like crazy. Well, uh, it was my one and only day off because we, they, we had mandatory, you know, uh, overtime. We had to come in on one of our days off. The one day I had off, I had to go to the VA hospital for something. Um, so I'm, I drive down, I go to the one coffee shop, uh, Tim Hortons here, and I kind of come out. And I'm like, I'll take the side road here, you know, so I'm not going to fight to get back in the busy stuff. So I'm driving. And again, it's it's a nice area. It runs along Tonawanda Creek, and it's you know snow on the trees, snow on the ground. I said it's beautiful. All of a sudden, I'm about a quarter mile from transit. Uh, see this again? We'll be heading westbound, and I just happen to look to my right. And I see this front lawn, and as I go by, I see these dents in the lawn. I hit my brakes and I pull over. Hit my four ways. I'm like, I just did not see that. So I back up in reverse. And I look at this lawn, and here are these big impressions in the snow, but they weren't like left, right, left, right, left, right. It was that walking a tightrope. So they came up off the street, and they went towards the creek, and then all of a sudden they turned, and they went right across the front lawn of this house on Tonawana Creek Road. I'm like, this is crazy. Again, rookie mistake. This is, you know, I'm still new to this you know, being out in the field and taking pictures and stuff. Well, I had a tape measure and I'm thinking to myself, I said, how am I going to walk on this person's front lawn up their driveway, you know, and, and or up the driveway to get to the lawn to where these foot, well, I'm with their impressions. They, they weren't like distinct, distinct footprints, but you can see a shape to them. Um, so I grabbed my AAA jacket, throw it on, it's that big bright yellow Carhartt, uh, put a winter hat on. I, tried to pretend I was like a, uh, like I work for the town of Amherst or, you know, department of transportation and I'm out there measuring. So I ran out there real quick and I took measurements and these impressions were 20 inches long by 10 inches wide. And from same edge to same edge was a six foot step. How deep was the snow? There, uh, the snow probably two and a half feet deep, almost wow. three. Cause when I, when now mind you, I, when I saw these, we were actually on the warm up from negative 30, we were actually up around zero degrees. So it was actually kind of, it wasn't as bitterly cold. It was sunny out. And now I was taking into the, the width and the length of these things opening up from snow melting. Right. And then, and then as I was stepping in, I was actually sinking further into the snow. But I think when these things were left, is when that snow was frozen solid. I mean, I had a, a snow pile at my house. I could walk on this thing like I'm walking over just a regular pile of, you know, like frozen dirt. I mean, it was that frozen solid at 30 degrees below zero. No problem. I could just boop, 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 up and over. And, um, you know, my kids were using it for like sledding and they made a Ford out of it too and stuff like that. So the snow was definitely solid when it was 30 degrees below zero. So now I'm, I'm coming up on this probably a week later. And then the funny part is on the radio and uh, an AM station I listened to, it's kind of like a talk radio. The one morning DJ was talking about, he had footprints, a trackway across his backyard in the same area where these footprints were found. But I don't think it was at the same time. I want to say it was like maybe a month prior. 
in the snow. He saw him, but I mean, it's just what are the chances? You know, and again, it's that it's that tightrope where one foot falls directly in front of the other, not where it's like underneath our shoulders, like how when we walk. But it's just, I get out, I measure, and I had two. One step was um, ninety-four inches. Another one was ninety-six inches, and that was behind the one couple of trees they had on the little side uh, lawn there. And like I said, these prints came off the road. They went up uh, on the side of the trees by the bushes. They turned, went across the front lawn, and then there's these uh, high shrubs uh, on the end where they just walked straight into them. But they didn't come out the other side, so they got into those that shrub, and I think headed north towards Tonawanda Creek. So it was, um, that was like my first trackway that I found. And then I had a friend in Batavia. She sent me a picture of a very distinct footprint. Um, she put the tape measure next to it. I think it's like 14 or 14 and a half inches long. Uh, I think it was seven inches wide. And she found her footprint underneath her kitchen window. Wow. That's kind of freaky. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a, a, a friend of mine that works for the university of Buffalo here. And, um, she's a biologist, I believe she's a professor up there. And I showed her that picture and she said, whatever left that footprint never wore shoes. Cause you can tell by the way, the toes are all splayed out. I have all these, I could send them to you, to you. And then, you know, you get through yes, them on the web page. And, um, and then the most recent, uh, footprints are the ones I found, uh, just, uh, what, two days ago I went and looked. And then the other one was that Tuesday before. So it was like last week, Tuesday, not this past Tuesday, Tuesday before. Um, let's see, what's today? Saturday. So I want to say it was, let's see, Saturday. I think it was Thursday this week I found them. And that was Tuesday the following week uh, before we came down to Cannonsburg for your, uh, when you, you talked at the library there. So that'll be my mission tomorrow to attempt um, uh, getting molds of these uh, footprints. But there were, there were, there were track, definite tracks in there. And I found those because I found a tree bowed over. And I just wanted to take a picture of that. And as I'm walking out, I just, I look at the ground just to look for that. And could they be prints? I'm, I'm on the side that yes, they are. But again, if somebody can debunk me, I take constructive criticism, call me a fool, call me a, a jacket, whatever. You know, I just, I, it, for me, it's water on a duck's back, just zoop, right off. You know, I, I don't take nothing to heart. You can pick on me all day. It's no big deal. But to me, these look like two definite, definite tracks. Uh, very distinct, very, very deep uh, impressions in the, the wet soil. So when I get those uh, casted, hopefully, I'll be, uh, I'll be sending them. To, I'll send you pictures. Awesome, man. Yeah. And also, when you get out there, try to take video of it as well. 
uh, because sometimes video shows things that pictures can't show. Uh, So yeah, definitely take some video of it. I I learned that when we found our trackway. Uh, I shouldn't say trackway because I was so excited about seeing a footprint (laughs) that I forgot to look for anymore. But the one we found, we we took video and pictures, and in the video you can actually see my fingers going in the the indents of where the toes were, and you could count the toes, and you could actually feel the indents. And when I put my fingers in it, you could actually see me doing that in the video. So I'd highly encourage you to do that. Uh, So. What happened here with these uh, two UFO encounters? You said you had two, and uh, I'm, I'm interested in hearing about these. Yeah, the the first one, uh, I, I, I don't know if you want to call it a UFO or UFL, maybe like unidentified flying lights. It just it was really strange. The first one, it was during my, uh, my high school years. Um, I could actually go back to a, a hockey schedule because I remember the Sabres were, the Buffalo Sabres were playing the Los Angeles Kings out in LA. So it was a late game. So I remember, uh, asking my father, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to order some subs, uh, from sub delicious. Do you want one? Oh yeah, sure. Sure. You know? Okay. So you know, I'm paying he's eating. So he's, he's loving it. So I put in the order, uh, halfway between or right between, uh, halfway through the first period. So by the time I get, you know, periods over, walk there, grab it, come back, second period starts. So I'm walking down the street. Now, mind you, this is in the city of Lockport on Walnut Street. I'm walking and my hand is like, I'm running my fingers along the chain link fence uh, on the backside of the, the post office. I'm looking up at the sky and, you know, it's clear. It's, you know, there's street lights and stuff like that. And as I'm looking up, I get these two lights, the lower one was in front of the top one and they went to my right back up to my left and then back to my right. It kind of, to me, it looked like the ZZ top symbol, but reversed where instead of going from, um, from, uh, left to right, then down to the left and back to the right, this was just the opposite. It was, it was the lower half going left to right, back up to the left and then back to the right. So it's kind of like a reverse uh, the top symbol. Okay. And uh, it it happened. I mean, and these are bright. Uh, it, it it was there. It was uh, it wasn't lightning. There's no um, there's no um, power lines there for this to be like some kind of arc. Uh, if someone can explain this to me, I wish they would. You know, if, if they make comments and if we can again, if we can debunk this, that's great. But I saw something that just it scared the life out of me. And I'm like, who? I'm like, what the heck? Um, I I just took off and to run in January weather at, uh, 10 30, 11 o'clock at night, whatever it is that burns. Oh my gosh, that burns your chest. So I ran to the, the, the sub shop, threw my money down on the, on the, the, the counter, got the mail. I'm like, keep the, keep the change. I, I ran all the way back. I was panting. I was breathing hard. My chest was killing me. I'm like, my dad's like, what happened? What happened? I said, I don't know. He's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? I'm like, I saw something. I saw something in the sky. It just, it was so quick. Just poof. It just, it's like the, the it was like the top one was chasing the bottom one. So it was like, like that. I'm like, I'm gone. I'm not even sticking around. I'm now, I'm not going to stand here and find out what happened. I just ran to the sub shop. 
And I was just like, I, it, that's always just been one of those things. Like, what was it? I still go down there sometimes to this day. I'll pull over and park. Uh, there's like a, a, a hair salon place or something like that. And then that chain link fence starts and I'll walk that fence. And I'm, I'm just trying to look up. I'm like, what in the world was it? And it, it, it was fast. It was just a real quick zip. Maybe it lasted a second, second and a half, just that quick. But the, the lights were so bright white there's they weren't really large i mean from where i was standing looking in the sky i would say these things were softball size but i couldn't get a depth perception of were they close were they way up there they definitely look like they're uh, you know above the street lights and the, you know above the houses and stuff like that and i was just like after i saw that it was just boom, gone that was it and the second one I saw, this one, um, it wasn't just me by myself with this experience. Most of my experiences, I always have a witness, which is the good part of it. Cause I'm, you know, you're like, did you see that too? Or did you experience that? Or did you hear that? You know, and that's, that's the joy of it. So it's like, I'm not the only one experiencing this. I'm not the crazy one. I'm not nuts. But this one was July of 93. Um, I'm in the active duty army. I came home from Korea. And, uh, end of July, we always go up the very last week of July, we go up to Canada to a place called Turkey point. And it's basically directly North. If you go on an American map, you find Erie, Pennsylvania, go straight up. You see long point Bay. Well, Turkey point is like this little township or municipality, whatever they call it up there. And it's, it's all beachfront property. So, um, it was, it was me, my mom and dad, my younger brother, Adam. And then my mom's brother, my uncle Paul, my aunt Connie, and then my three cousins, Kelly, Corey, and Brooke. Uh, and my cousin Corey brought one of her friends. Uh, her name was Aaron from high school up for the week. So we had a rainstorm uh, midweek. It was a Wednesday. We had, a, you know, it was just gray and rainy all day. And after dinner time, it started to lighten up a little bit. And then finally, around like 10 o'clock at night, the storm moved out over Lake Erie. So I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take a walk to the beach. Anybody want to go? And then everyone's like, yeah, hey, that's a good idea. Let's, let's all go down. We'll take the dogs and stuff like that. So me, my cousin, Corey, and her friend, Aaron, we went ahead of everybody. And when we got out there, the sand was wet, but you can kick the wet sand over and you got the nice warm sand to sit on. So we're sitting there and we're watching the storm roll out over the lake. And then here comes my parents and my brother and then my aunt and uncle and my other two cousins. And of course, you know, they're walking the dogs along the beach. So they come down and the storm, you can see the lightning flashing in the clouds. It was really pretty cool to watch. And then you can look up, you can kind of start to see the, the stars coming through the, the thinning clouds. Now out over Lake Erie, as we're watching the storm, all of a sudden I see this orange light just drop straight down. Well, I stood up and I yelled to my father because my parents had just got a sailboat that year. I'm like, hey, mom, dad. I'm like, dad, look. And he's like, what? I point. I said, is that a signal flare? You know, for like a boater in trouble. And he, he then all of a sudden, everybody looked. So now there's, I think, 10 of us out there now, total. And we're all looking. He goes, it might be. So I stood up, and now my first thought was, okay, there's like a little police station, a satellite police station across the road back behind me on the other side of the beach. Uh, I'm like, well, I'm going to run over there and tell the cops that, you know, we got an issue out here. All of a sudden, that orange light comes down, and it stops. And I'm like, okay. 
and it, it travels, I mean, perfectly parallel on the horizon to my left, and then it stopped. I sat there for two, three seconds, and it slowly traveled back to the, the, the start point where it came down, stopped, sat for two, three seconds, goes to the right about the same amount of distance as it did to the left, stops, and still this orange light, this orange ball, and sits there for two, three seconds, whatever, and it comes back to that, again, that starting point, stops, and then it just, boom, straight up. Well, I kind of like, I saw that, and I, I tensed up, but Corey and Aaron, they decided to scream when they saw that. And of course, that made me jump even more. I'm like, God, I'm like, don't do that. Like, what was it? What was it? I'm like, well, well, let's see. I'm in Army aviation. I'm a radar technician, so I'm on airfields all day long. You know, I see all the helicopters coming in. I see fixed wing aircraft coming in. And I'm just like, I said, that's nothing. That's not ours. I'm like, that is definitely, there's no way. I said, that thing took off straight up way too fast. I mean, that thing shot like it was, like it was shot out of a cannon. I mean, just gone, just boom. And it left a streak behind it as it proceeded to accelerate straight up into the clouds. And that was, I think, and like I said, I saw it, Corey, Aaron, my parents, my brother, my aunt and uncle, and my other two cousins, all 10 of us saw that do that just like that. I'm like, that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. And I'll, I'll take that with, to the, I'll take that with me to the grave. And it was, like I said, it was just an orange light, like an amberish orange color. And Holy cow. I'm like, yeah, that's, um, that was interesting to say the least. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I think we just found a UFO. I'm like, I, I and it's so funny because <laughs> my cousin to the station, like, remember we saw that UFO up at Turkey Point? I said, oh yeah, I remember <laughs> all too well. I remember. So yeah, that, that, like I said, the UFO sightings, uh, just, you know, real quick, real simple. Well, one UFO, I'm not sure what those two streaks of light were. They really weren't lightning because they're so thick. You know, where lightning would, you know, it crackles and, you know, it, it spreads across the sky. Like I said, this looked like something out of a ZZ Top video. I'm just like, okay. I mean, I like ZZ Top, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not projecting my thought of the band up, you know, up into the atmosphere and, and seeing these uh, streaks. Streaks, that's all I can say. They look, they're like streaks of light. And they definitely... They appeared on over, and as they did their little backwards Z, it definitely looked like it, it, it left the trail. And I was like, okay, I'm out. Goodbye. <laughs> Feet don't fail me now. <laughs> and, yeah, that was just, it just very, very interesting. It's crazy stuff, man. So what, what's, your, stuff. what's your thoughts about the, I'm sure you've heard of it, like the idea of UFOs being submerged underwater do you think that this is something that maybe originated from the lakes within the lakes, or do you think this is maybe something that was from, you know, outer space, or do you not have an opinion on those kind of things? Um, I really haven't looked too much into it, but I've heard so many uh, stories and witness witnesses telling their stories and their encounters of seeing stuff, you know, come up out of water. Uh, you know, all of a sudden the water just lights up, and you know these crafts just take up off and out out of it. So what do they have down there? What, where are they coming from? You know, I mean, it, again, do the, are there the caves or, or is there entrances to these, these dumbs, these, these big tunnels on the ground? It just, 
it, it's crazy. And then it's like, are these things extraterrestrial? Are they coming from another galaxy or planet? Are they are they interdimensional or extra dimensional? Are, are they popping out of a higher plane of existence than what we're on right now? It just the the brain just never stops. My my mind is always trying to again. It's trying to to learn and process and store. Learn, see, process, store. See it, learn it, process. And it just you know, what's it, why do they do this? Why do they do that? Where's it coming from? Where's it going? Is it from out there coming here? Is it from here going out there? It's just, it, it, it never stops. But again, I've heard stories of Lake Erie by Cleveland. Um, a lot of UFO encounters going into yeah, the lake coming out. So I'm just like, wait, what? I'm like, really? And I, unfortunately I never got a chance to really talk to the guy. To find out what he, because that's what he would always look into, was the UFO aspect of it. Because he saw something where, you know, his backyard uh, was beautiful. It overlooked um, Lake Erie. But um, I haven't talked to him in probably two years now. And his story alone was just, I'm like, and all of a sudden it just, it turned me on to a whole nother realm of like, okay, if, I mean, Cleveland is only three hours drive from us here in Buffalo, the Western New York area. So, I mean, it's like, if they're seeing them in Cleveland, they might even see them in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. And then, of course, right up the road, you got Buffalo. I mean, there's there's so much along that trail. Um, one story I did get, as you follow that that lake, uh, that lake shore, Dunkirk is kind of like in that, that lower southwest cor- um, corner on the lake. There's an old uh, plant. It was... Um, it's right on the water. It's some. I want to say it was some kind of uh, power plant, but I had um, my friend's son's friend tell me he goes, we "We're coming back one night, you know, after hockey. We're all driving back in the the big fifteen pack van, and all of us looked up. You know, there's probably ten of us in in the van with all of our equipment, and there's this bright, glowing, spinning." He goes, he goes, it couldn't be any more cliche of a, of a UFO saucer shaped disc. He goes with the lights, it was silver. It was bright. It was sitting right over this defunct, um, power plant. And then poof, gone. It just, he said, that thing took off towards Canada. He goes it like, like a laser beam, just boom. And he goes it, it, that fast. But as it, as it took off, he said, you could see the light behind it going with it. You know, like it, it took off and then it, like the light chased it or the, the stream of light that left behind it went with it. I'm just like, wow. And, and then I'm not going to tell this guy, Oh, right. Yeah, sure. You're full, but there's and, and here I am seeing these big biped looking things running through the woods. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Your story is false, but not mine. Mine's true. And, but no, I, that's the thing. I've, I've never been like that because I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. You know, I'll believe you until it comes to the point where it's like, and uh, now you're getting a little fishy, you know, I mean, but then again, it's just, that's what I'm going to hear. Cause I've, I've, I have some good friends and they've told me some stuff and it's like, I got to take them at their word. You know, I mean, I've known them for a few years. So if this is what they're experiencing, just cause I haven't experienced it doesn't mean they're not really experiencing it. So it's just, you know, I, I just take with a grain of salt and just, okay, that's, that, that's cool. I mean, that's interesting that that happened. And, Again, that falls on the Bigfoot side of thing, where out in Batavia, 
my friend who has the footprint underneath her kitchen window, um, I have video from her where she said as she took the video, she had the, you know how they say the uh, the bioluminescence in the eyeballs, you know where they can actually make them glow instead of being um, yeah the uh, reflective light like when you you know you get the eye shine stuff. Well, I have uh, three short videos. One's like a minute and a half, and I got two two minute videos, and I I could try and send those to you too. She has no problem with me sending them to you because you know she knows that you look into this and and research it and so on and so forth. And um, it's interesting because where this video is shot. It's just nothing but like a, a cornfield, like a, a, a dead cornfield. And you see these lights in the corn back and forth. Um, one video shows three, one video shows two. And in the video, it looks like an a individual light orb. But when she was recording it, she said you could see the two of them side by side. It's just the way that her tablet or whatever she was using to record it it didn't really like focus in that far out. Plus it was like dusk time frame, So it was getting darker too, but um, yeah, some crazy stuff uh, in Batavia, New York. I'd be interested uh, in seeing those videos. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely send them to you. Um, she's had dog man sightings out there. A couple of people actually have uh, dog man sightings in Akron. I mean, it's just, it's, is that veil being lifted? That's my question. You know, we, there's so many, cryptid reports are these things starting to show themselves to us more you know are they getting more um freedom thrown about it, it's just it, you know it's it's just i don't know if it's um is it the, you know the, the biblical side of things is it a natural order it, it is it a, a paranormal is it a, a just which direction does this go with all this stuff and it's just because they're showing themselves more and more and more. And how many are out there? Where are they coming from? Where are they going? Where are they when we don't see them? You know, and what's their, uh, what's their range? How far do they, they go during the day? What do they eat? Where do they sleep? You know, it just, this, my brain never shuts off. I wish <laughs> five seconds. That's all I just, just five seconds. It's just, the evidence is out there the evidence is definitely there and all it takes is just take a few seconds. And like you said, you know, um, I forgot what your topic was, but you're like, just, just look into this, just have an open mind to the skeptics, look into this. And then you're going to see what we see as long as you can keep an open mind about it. And, and like I said, I try to be the skeptic and I try to debunk myself and, you know, is that what it really was or what, you know, and I, I'm, again, that comes back to a lot of the tree structures. Is this a, is this snow that did this? Is it a windstorm that did it? Uh, or did something place all these like this? So it's just question after question after question. And yeah. like I said, luckily, thank God for you guys with all your shows out there. And I was thinking of doing the same thing. I'm like, nah. I'm just going to listen. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> just going to pop the headphones in, go about my day and just let Tony's guests talk and let Wes's guests talk. And then Lance Hightower, let his guests talk and tell the stories with Vic and all those guys. Just, just, I just want to listen. I want to learn. And I just want to know where these things are. So if I'm ever in that area, I have a heads up. I'm not walking into something blindly. Yeah. So that's what it pretty much comes down to. 
You know, dude, I, I'll tell you what. Remaining humble when it comes to this field is something that, uh, to be honest with you, it's rare. And it's also a key piece of uh, somebody who's actually investigating things or researching. Uh, if, if you can stay humble, uh, I think you have a better chance of finding answers because when you when you think you found an answer to something, yet somebody else comes along and debunks it, when you're humble, you allow yourself to see what they're talking about. And it actually helps you uh, further along in your knowledge of things. Because if you uh, have somebody help you with figuring something out, now you're 10 steps further along than what you would have been if you weren't humble and you rejected what they had to say. So I, I, I would definitely encourage you to keep that attitude because that's that's a, a key aspect when it comes to the whole this whole thing. Um, before we roll out of here, you know, the typical question, you know, you're looking into this. What is your gut tell you, telling you when it comes to Bigfoot? Uh, what do you think this thing is, man? Me personally, and like I said, I grew up in the, you know, the Christian faith. Um, and I, it, again, you know, I try and take all angles of approach with this. And for me, I see it mostly as um, the, you know, you had the Nephilim that, that were the, the, the offspring of the fallen angels and the, the daughters of man. And then from there, the Raphaim were their creations were, like I said, in the book of Enoch and the extra text, uh, the, uh, the, uh, book of giants, I think it's in there too, where, you know, these Raphaim and, or these Nephilim and these Raphaim, they were experimenting with, you know, animals on the ground and, and animals in the sea and plants and the, the birds in the air. And they're, they're all this DNA manipulation type stuff. And it's like, why does one look gorilla or, or chimpanzee ish. And why do other ones look, um, you know, human or Neanderthal or, uh, the, they have the high cheekbones like native Americans do. And it's just like, and then you hear the story of, uh, that woman that they had in Russia back in the 1800s. And she preferred to sleep outside. She'd dig in the mud. She'd sleep in like a little like a cubby hole or foxhole type thing set up. And, and she was bigger and stronger than the other women. And somehow she was bred with, and <laughs> I don't know who lost that, but, but, you know, she had kids and they actually have gone back and done the DNA study on it. And, uh, uh, Duke from, uh, was it world Bigfoot radio? They were talking about that just a couple episodes ago how they think they found a um, a genome marker. And actually, that was found here in Buffalo, at the University of Buffalo. Um, and it's just, that blew me away. Like, if if this stands out, then is this going to prove the DNA thing of it? And on me personally, I think these are uh, hybrids. I think they're like what they're doing in England with the chimeras. They're human and pig hybrids. And the goat with the spider milk. And I just, I'm like, as it was in the days of Noah, you know, yeah. uh, was it Matthew 24, 36 or 37? In fact, <laughs> I, I got a picture. I got to take for you. Uh, there's a house in uh, the city of Niagara Falls and just wait till you wait till I say it, it talks about as it was in the days of Noah. I just, 
<laughs> Welcome to Niagara Falls. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know what's in that water there, but oh my goodness. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a definite picture. But I honestly believe, biblically, biblically speaking, um, and I'm not a Bible thumper. I'm not, you know, hey, your beliefs are your beliefs. That's between you and the big guy. I know which way I'm going to take. Uh, but um, I honestly believe these are some kind of like fallen angel uh, and human hybrid and or hybrid offspring hybrids or however you want to call it. I there's there's too much. They're they're so big. They're so fast. Um, you know, here I am in my living room right now talking on the phone. But yet these things are surviving out in the elements. The snow, the sleet, the rain, the ice, the floods, the heat. It. it I just, there's got to be something a little more to them than just being a regular animal. And I I can't see they're human, even though they have characteristics of us. But like you said, the big mammals, they can hit you with that um, infrasound. They can too. So (laughs) I I don't know. Again, it's a definite learning process. I'm, I'm open to suggestions. Um, like I said, constructive criticism. I guess that's my days from being in the military with what we used to call after action reviews. You know, what was good? We sustained that. What needs improvement? What was bad about it? And we just learn from that. And you just continually learn and grow and grow professionally and, you know, as a professional soldier and stuff like that. So I think as a professional, well, I'm not really going to say I'm a professional investigator, but as an investigator and as a researcher, I'm learning things and I'm growing from things. So if something gets debunked, okay, we can close off that avenue and let's check this. So. For me, it's just, you know, keep it simple, stupid, you know, K-I-S-S, and <laughs> learn, learn, learn from that. And, and again, it's like I like hearing everybody's, you know, what are you bringing to the table? What pictures have you found of structures or X's or tree bends or whatever, whatever they're making out there? And it's, like you said, you know, you say I'm humble. I just, I'm just a regular average, you know, everyday type of Joe. and I'm just looking to learn. That's what it all comes down to. I'm just looking to learn. Yeah. Well, I I tend to agree with you on some of the things you shared and stuff. I, I obviously I, I really do look into the scriptures when it comes to a lot of these different kind of things. And uh if they are some type of uh fallen angel descendants of fallen angels, uh that would explain a lot of the paranormally type of encounters that people are having Correct. with yep. uh these Bigfoot creatures. And I uh, agree. You know, so and there's a there's a whole I could go on and on and on about that, uh maybe for another time. But uh Eric, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing some of your experiences and some of the things that you're actually looking into now. Uh I think this was a, a great time talking with you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. I appreciate you uh, having me on the show. Right on, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, dude. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, there are three things you can do to help support this show. 
One, you can go to iTunes and leave an Art Bell five-star rating or review, and we will give you a shout-out on next week's show. You can go to patreon.com forward slash the confessionals. That's patreon.com forward slash the confessionals and sign up to become a patron to help support the show on a monthly basis. Or lastly, you can at least share this show around social media. So click the share button on whatever player you're listening to, highlight the link, and share it around social media. That would help out a lot. Thank you very much. I hope you guys have a great week. Take care, stay safe, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first, it will piss you off.